Welcome to the Ross Code Podcast. This podcast is about building community around powder coating. Join us in this episode as we introduce you to the enigmatic, energetic, and passionate man behind Roro Designs, Ronan Heatley Smith. He's talkative, infectious, and unwavering in his authentic style as we discuss his process and philosophy behind his company. We'll blaze a trail from how he built his one-man brand to the pitfalls of social media. And don't worry about taking notes because today we're giving you a free bonus. We've summarized the top 10 takeaways from our talk with Roro in our Build a Better Brand report. In it, you'll gain key insights based on the latest survey results from powder coaters just like you, plus the bonus top 10 with Roro. Find out what you're missing to help your business brand better. It's a free report. Just sign up now by clicking the link in the description. Now, buckle up and let's get ready to level up your powder coater game. Welcome to the Roscoe Podcast, Episode 2, Interview with Roro Designs 2, Ronan Heatley-Smith. Out of of where now? Where in Canada are you located? So I'm about an hour west of Toronto. Okay. And that's kind of the east side of Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, east. Yeah. Very cold winters there. Freezing. Hate them. All right. Summer, well, you summer's know. too summer's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's I I noticed that about the east. I I've only lived in Maui most of my life, so I I really can't even uh, handle cold at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyways, uh, so do you? What I know, you've got a couple social media accounts. Um, what are they? So my Instagram is roro.designs2. That's where I do literally all of my business that's the pretty well the only place i ever post and do all my interactions i do have a facebook page that's just more for like the professional side if people are just trying to look me up um who are just not into the whole social media thing um, which is just roro designs powder coating um those are my only two and that's where you can find me and that's a lot to handle uh just two two social media platforms can keep you pretty busy yeah, so I, I barely post on Facebook. I do once in a while if it's like some really cool big project or I might just say like, hey guys, I'm taking a vacation. Hey guys, check out my Instagram kind of thing. Uh, yeah. It's just not, it's just, they're two different worlds. Um, they the are. Work, the work that comes from Facebook isn't the kind of work that I want and the work that comes from Instagram is all like the stuff I I want, right? So I'm just marketing myself to what, what kind of work I want to do and what I want to strive for. And right. Facebook's just not the place for me. No, it's not the place for most business these yeah, days, yeah. unfortunately, unless you're paying for ads and stuff like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah, and so you're saying that uh, the majority of people that follow and um, contact you as customers uh, contact you through Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's get into how you got started. Uh, talk me through it. What compelled you to become a powder coder? Oh, you're going to need to make this podcast 
five hours long for this question. Uh, <laughs> There's I, always I, some story, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I told my, I was just talking to my wife right before we started this. And I said, I could literally spend two hours answering one question, even though it's supposed <laughs> to be like 30 minutes. So anyway, I'm going to run it down from like the get go. So, um, it needs way more of a backstory than just answering the question. So I originally was born in England. Um, okay. my, my dad used to live in Canada back in like the late eighties or sorry, uh, late seventies, early eighties. And he's, uh, been into drag racing since he was 16. He's like in his sixties now. Um, so I've grown up in the like muscle car world, drag racing. So being in England, it's mainly imports and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, when I was growing up, when I was about 12, 13, 14 years old, um, I absolutely loved the show Pimp My Ride on MTV. I just thought that was like, the cool- <laughs> I remember that show. Oh my God. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I'm like, I cannot believe people can do this to cars. So the reason why that caught my interest so much is because my mom's side of the family is super artistic. Like I was, I loved art class in school. I love painting. I love drawing all that kind of stuff. So I was like, wow, this is like the perfect marriage of two things. Like it's the car world that I like love with my dad. And it's like the artistic side I love with my mom's side of the family. So we moved to Canada when I was 15. Um, and then we just started like, you know, all these like muscle cars are here and blah, blah, blah. So I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm like, what, how can I get creative with like cars? So when I turned 16, my dad's friend gave me his first car. I frig, I painted it myself. I put racing stripes on the hood. I put, uh, like trucker lights into the roof. It was just like <laughs> some crappy little car. And I put, I just like put a spoiler on it, just all this stupid stuff. Um, so then once I got, uh, I was, I think I was driving like an SUV at the time. And like, I was in high school, I had no job. And I'm like, I can't even afford gas. So a friend of mine sold me his Honda Civic hatchback. And I was like, wow, cool. I hate these cars. Like, it's just not the norm because I've grown <laughs> up in the muscle car world. So I'm like, right. imports are stupid, but they're good on gas. So I'm like super embarrassed to be driving this car. So I'm like, okay, well, it needs wheels. Okay, well, the paint <laughs> sucks. So I got to paint it. And then like one thing led to another. Now I'm like a diehard import guy and I couldn't give two shits about a muscle car. <laughs> like, I just love imports so much. I've like embraced, like, I've got myself into that culture so much. That's what I absolutely love. So having said that, because um, because I'm like super into the import stuff. Um, I start like polishing wheels. I started like, I got into, uh, auto paint and body. I actually, uh, did a co-op in high school at a shop that did basically pimp my ride, like that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is my absolute dream. I cannot believe I'm like doing this. So yeah. I did a, I did a co-op at that shop for an entire school year. I just like, I went, I actually went back to do my grade 13 just to do a co-op at this place. And then I loved it so much. Once my cop was over, I worked there for a year for free. I just wow. went every I went every day. I did chores around the house to get enough gas money to go there. The owner would once in a while pitch in gas money, buy me lunch or something. I just wanted to do it so bad. So I started doing an apprenticeship, doing auto paint on body. Um, and then I think I started like I just embraced myself into this car form so much. JDM rides. If anyone listens to this, what up? Um so this car uh, forum, I started just posting, oh, here's my build. Like I, re- I repainted and rebuilt uh, this S10 pickup truck. I did my Honda Civic. I then bought an Integra. I did a whole bunch of work to that. And a bunch, wow. of, people would, a bunch of people started inboxing me saying like, hey, I want you to paint my bumper. I want you to install this on my car. I want you to paint my wheels. Ah. 
So I just got into that whole, like I painted full cars out of my dad's driveway, like outside bugs would land in the paint. <laughs> like, oh, it was just ridiculous. But I just like, I got so heavily into that. Um, so then I started polishing like wheel lips and wheels for a powder coat shop that's local here. Um, and then the guy was going back to school and he messaged me and he's like, hey, do you want to just take over like the powder really? coat part of the business? So I was wow. like, I was like, well, I like, the only job I had was just like polishing wheels. I was doing like $250 a set of wheels. Like if anyone polishes, you know, like you wouldn't even touch one wheel for less than that or, or for like more, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just right. not enough, but it's just something I just did out my dad's shop and I love doing it. So anyway, I started Patico in a dad's shop and the way I kind of put it is like almost like a tattoo artist, like people come to you no matter where you go. So if tattoo artists move shop, if someone, you know, who, uh, cuts hair, colors hair, wherever they go, someone wants to follow them. So even so, when I moved to this, like when I started working at the shop, everyone was like, "Oh, he works here now." Bring like so, all the work started coming uh, under like the recommendation of me. Yeah. Um, then I went and I, I worked there for I think three years, and I just wanted to get more back into the auto body kind of stuff. I was like, "Oh, you know what? This is where I started at. This I didn't really." It was just a temporary thing, but I got so into the powder cone thing. And I was like, oh, it's like kind of like paint, but, you know, obviously more durable and blah, blah, Right. Um, so I was like, you know what? I really want to get back into the paint and body. So I left there. Uh, and I think there was like six to eight months until the next course opened um, to like continue the apprenticeship. Yeah. And I just for like six months, I just had nonstop calls, emails, texts. Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And I'm like, oh, I don't work at the shop anymore or that like the specific shop I like worked at. And they were like, oh, okay, well, I'll just like spray paint my stuff then. Oh, I'll just paint it myself. And I'm like, huh, it kind of seems stupid to not continue doing this. I just had so many people that were just uninterested in going somewhere because I wasn't right. doing it. So I was like, well, I didn't really plan on opening a shop. And my dad was like, just do it. And like a bunch of friends were like, just do it. So even before I even found a shop, I had people dropping off parts at my parents' house, being like, whenever <laughs> you get a shop, if you get a shop, you can do my stuff. I'll already have work for you. Um, and then almost five it's years It's almost later, like it's viral. Like, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. It, it's, um, it's kind of, I don't know how different your story is. I mean, yeah. it's very different to ours. Um, yeah. Well, that's the long story short. I tried to keep that yeah. as short as possible. <laughs> no, I think that's a great, yeah. I think that's a great story that you have. Um, and, and this is part of the reason why we kind of started the podcast to begin with, because I know there are so many interesting stories out there yeah. that will hopefully, um, give confidence to those that are just starting or struggling yeah, yeah. or, or, you know, I know that, um, and you and I talked about this before, I think is the, the guys like people like you and, um, unit F 14, um, oh, yeah, yeah. static coatings, um, you know, uh, SS, uh, can't think of their one. I'll put them in the, I'll put them a link yeah, yeah. in the YouTube, but, um, you know, I, and even are, you know, um, just the ones that we kind of started following about two or three years ago, I've watched you guys grow. Uh, we've grown too. I mean, it's not like yeah. we haven't grown, but like, it's so exciting to see other businesses grow. Um, hundred yeah, percent. 
we all kind of started around the same time or, you know, started following each other at the same oh, time. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, next thing I know, left and right, everybody's got a new shop. Oh, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving, you know? Oh, I know. And, it's crazy. And so it can happen to, you know, other people that are just starting, if you want it to, you know what I mean? You have to, yeah, yeah. you know how hard it is to do what you do, but yeah. um and I think you said, um, now how many years experienced, uh, you said it again, and I, I don't know if I asked you, or can you say it again? How many years have you been? Cause you kind of started when you were young, but yeah. Yeah. So that's what, stuff. yeah, usually when I get that question, I just tell people, I'm like, I have an entire lifetime of backing, of <laughs> like working on cars, auto paint and body polishing. Like the reason I got yeah. into polishing is because I think clear coat was like peeling on a set of wheels. Sorry, I'm just going right. to totally sidetracked. But because of the auto body and paint, you obviously have to sand through this certain stages and right. then same, and then, you know, you sand the clear coat and you buff it. And I just, one day I was like, huh, I'm pretty sure that's the exact same thing, but to metal. So I just sanded down some wheels, polished and I was like, oh, that's how you polish wheels. So that's right. the paint and body aspect. Just that's how I transitioned into that. Then painting wheels. And I was like, I restored an old set of like, you can see, or uh, CF 48s. That's what they're called. Yeah. CF 48s. And I was like, that's so cool. Like old Japanese wheels. Like I'm super into Hondas. They went on a Honda CRX. But anyway, so I, I have Patacona experience for almost eight years now. I think this September is okay. like my eighth, That's my eighth great. year. Yeah. It's, my, it's my fifth year on my own in my shop. Three years prior to that, but then a lifetime of being in the automotive industry. So yeah. when people say like, hey, you know, I'm, if I have this conversation with like other coders or other people who want to like, you know, do stuff like this, you know, they ask for help and I'm like, it's not that simple. Like the way I've evolved to get where I am is an entire lifetime. I'm 30. Like there is 30 years experience leading up to me doing eight years of Patico. Right. And a passion. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. You know, Yeah. Um, clearly you're energetic and, um, you know, uh, you are, you know, as we get into a deeper dive into this social media yeah. um, and stuff, I mean, uh, there's, more to you than that, you know, and that's, so I, my, my question was, I was going to say what sets you apart, but I think you kind of already answered that in, in all of that. So uh, let's take a deeper dive into yeah. social media and um, stuff. Cause I want to check the time and see mm -hmm. how we're doing. Yeah. This is a good time to move into that subject yeah. um, because I do want to cover as much as I can with you in the time that we have. So oh, I've got all, I've got all night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if it happens to go longer than yeah. 30 minutes, then let it be, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that because um, I think a lot of people want to hear what you have to say. Um, and uh, I want to discuss brand first and yeah. Um, I think, uh, your brand is definitely uniquely yours and we'll get into the finer points of that here in a minute, but the saying goes, personal brand is a brand that is believable. Um, and I think that is very true. At least that's the feeling I get when I look at your social media, um, and uh, it's refreshing, I guess. It's like, ah, oh, it's so beautiful, you know, but it's not just the photo, right? I'm not talking about, yeah, you Instagram the shit out of that photo. I'm talking about the work, you know, the work that uh, the ability to produce a quality product is, um, you know, amazing 
first of all. It's an amazing feat. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it, I don't, I guess I want to peel back the layers to what makes it you. And I know it makes it, when I look at it, I'm like, wow, you really make it look easy. Um, <laughs> maybe it is easy for you. I don't know if you have help uh. or not. Um, no, I'm a one man show. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That makes it even more spectacular because I do know how much you have to put into social media to make it work. And, um, but I think it's, you know, you're, you post regularly. Um, yeah, I, when I, when I first started, I was posting like five times a day, every day of the week, no matter, yeah. even if it was, even if it was Christmas day, I'd still post like five times a day. And now I'm like, I'm just getting so so much busier and like everything was just off my cell phone. Now I got like a good camera. I have to take all these pictures. I mean, I know so many people make fun of it saying like, Oh, you know, do photo shoots or wheels or whatever. But like, that's a whole part of the process. Like every customer gets, gets the photos. I have to upload them on my phone. And I mean, my phone is full. I have to go back, delete every picture, re-upload them, make sure they're on my laptop. So they don't ever get lost. And then every customer basically gets like a photo shoot of their wheels before they get them. So as soon as they, you know, come to the shop, they see the wheels and I go, oh, here's your cell phone number. And I shoot them all the pictures of wheels and go, there you go. That's for your Instagram. Because obviously everyone's excited. They want to, yeah. you know, post a wheel. So everyone gets like professional pictures taken because one of like my side hobbies has been photography. And uh, that's what kind of got me in. Like I was doing portraits and stuff like that just for fun. And then I was like, well, while I've got a camera, I might as well just do wheels and now it's like turned into a whole thing where it's like everything just gets professional (laughs) quality picture like i on instagram you can only post 10 pictures and usually two three maybe four of those are the before or during pictures but i mean i typically take 30 or more pictures of these wheels and it's like where else am i going to post them like i pick (laughs) the the best like 10 or six or five or whatever and then post those right and, and I, I do want to say that about your Instagram. And, and it's funny that you say that because I didn't know this about my own husband, but he sneaks, he, you know, I'm arguing with him because he takes terrible photos. I mean, he really does. But his <laughs> point of taking photos is to show the owner um, or the client how good the powder coating is. So it's, it's, it's either too up close or it's, I don't know what it is, but it's a way to inform them that their project is done. Um, hey, you're yeah, good to go. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, you're proving your worth uh, through the photo by texting them personally. I, I don't know if it's a guy thing or what, but, like, I think they really appreciate that. And, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think that's a great way to do it uh, if you're going to get mean, into the get that game. I mean, the whole social media thing is, like, every well i mean just this whole generation is just everything is just now 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 if i wanted a brand new fridge i could have one on my doorstep in probably an hour you know what i mean like right. so everything is just now 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 like that just seems like the culture these days so it's like your stuff's done people use it if i say to someone hey man your stuff's done the first reply is not like thank you great awesome it's like got pics and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> i don't like no i might no i just don't so my whole thing is i've learned like this is like again this is like the experience of you know eight years coming into play i used to take pictures all the time send it to people hey my stuff's done shoot them a picture so they don't have to bug you and ask for it it's yeah. just save that step here's done here it most is of, yeah 
I uh, I would just get replies of that doesn't look like the right color or oh he hey, does too hey, yeah hey what's this spot and I'm like it's a reflection off the light off the ceiling <laughs> in in your gloss black stuff like what do you think it is like <laughs> it's a thumbprint of, from my dusty hands so it got <laughs> then once I once I started doing like the like photography kind of stuff it shut them up. Like, <laughs> I was just like well my whole thing is well I mean now this is probably within the last not even a year i make sure well i mean also i would put stuff in the oven text people hey man your stuff's gonna be done in like a couple hours pull it out and then like something's messed up then you gotta text them back oh sorry (laughs) my bad something you know what i mean so like i've now relearned my brain to say hey do not contact the customer until it is 100 ready to go so if i so once you come out the oven obviously everyone does your you know, your quality control inspection. I make sure the wheels have cooled down so I can handle them. I wrap up the back of the wheel. Yeah. Take them outside. I put my stickers on them because I put a, my little logo behind the valve stem hole, a little RD. Uh, yeah. Just like that actually came from uh, the muscle car world. Of, uh, yes. I used to watch, uh, what was it? There's some like show that would play like two o'clock in the morning, like classic car or something like that. And I remember they would always do like those Riddler awards. It was like something like that. And there was this Mustang and it was parked uh, just like in the grass. And the guy went around and said, look at the attention to detail. Every single wheel and center cap has been moved. So the valve stem is face down and all the, all the center caps are lined up. So the guy like the guy like jacked up his car, moved every wheel, every center cap. So they all lined up for when it was like being put in the show. And that never left my brain. I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. Like that attention to detail that I was probably like 15 or 16 when I saw that. And it's still just so fresh in my head that I'm like, valve stem down. Like I need like some sort of signature. So it's like that kind of something that sets me apart is like, that's my brand. That's my wheel. If someone sees it, the valve stem happens to be down. Someone sees RD. Oh, Rover Designs did those wheels. Cool. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I take a picture of all the wheels. Then I tell the customer your stuff is done. So that's every, every thing is done ready to pick up they always reply do you have pictures and i say nope you have to see it in person yeah like i, I j- it just eliminates all those steps of oh that doesn't look like the right color and you can argue right. with them no it is it's just the lighting it's just it's overcast overcast sun you know what i mean so like that's i've i've learned that now is just don't even send a picture i mean i always post on my instagram like the before during you know sending them sand blasting them masked up i might send people pictures of the wheels blasted and just say hey they're blasted i'm gonna code them next week but i don't give them right. a day they're gonna be done right so the actual final product is just in person then i post on instagram so even yeah. other people don't get to see them until the customer sees them right yeah i i think if you're gonna if you're gonna be in that uh social media it there is a process to it um and that's kind of i think we went over that what i wanted to ask you is you know, I don't know, is it just the lighting in Ontario or what? Because it, how do you manage to get the lighting on that? Just so perfect every time. It's just, is it the same time of day or, I mean, you've got different backgrounds, but. Yeah. So it's either usually leaning on my shop door. A powder coat's favorite item is a wooden crate. Yeah. It's either on the crate, uh, never usually in the shop because the lighting's terrible. Um, Yeah or lean up against my door. When I first started out, I wanted to be, I was like super funky. I like took a set of wheels to a waterfall. I took wheels 
I took one wheel four hours up north once uh, on like <laughs> a long weekend, and like we placed it in a canoe. Like all these all these pictures can be found on my Facebook if you scroll back to like almost the beginning. I just used to take wheels and parts into like really weird places, and that was a thing for a while. And I just I, no one has time for that kind of stuff anymore. Like I got you know family life now. Got a kid. Business is really busy. There's just too many things to be doing to go drive a wheel four hours up north or to a waterfall or a skate park or you know what I mean just to take a picture so now I just focus on a really good quality picture I like never put any edits on them it's just like straight out the camera just that's what it is that's the lighting but yeah uh if if it's overcast I'll net I like I get so mad when it's overcast because most you know most colors you just have to see in the sun they're you know candy colors metallics you can't take a picture when it's like gray and gloomy no so Anytime it's sunny, it stresses me out because I'll have six or 10 sets of wheels just sitting in my office that all need pictures. So it just, it's like, I'm in the middle of coding something, the sun comes out and I just have to like quickly get in the oven, run outside, set a wheel up. I might even just set like, most of the time it's one wheel instead of a a set of four because you just got to move one wheel instead of the four. And I'll just blast off 30 pictures of one wheel in a different angle, maybe two and just like as quick as I can while the sun's out. And then they're all just backed up for a rainy day. So I don't have to take pictures. Right. But in the winter, it's even worse because it's absolutely freezing. And then you stand outside for 10, you know, 10 minutes taking pictures and you come inside, obviously freezing. So, right. Yeah. Like summers are good in Ontario. Like it's been, I, I can't even remember the last time we had a cloudy day. I kind of like the, nice, so. I kind of like the ones where they're in the snow and stuff like that. That's kind of oh, cool, but it's, you know, I'm in Maui. So, you know, yeah. like, any- like the white backdrop is great. Yeah. Yeah. They got this one that has like a pool background or something like that. And yeah, I don't know if that that's Photoshopped. Oh, okay. That was, okay. That's my, yeah. That's my parents pool. Like I used to, like I used to live there. So I would just take wheels home and I'd meet customers after hours. I'd meet yeah. customers like midnight at my parents' house, all hours <laughs> of the night, whatever worked for them. Right. So I just would take a wheel home. They get out in a barn, by a pool, on a picnic bench, yeah, wherever and whenever. Yeah. I think people, I, I think there, there is that standard like uh, palette look. Um, but oh, I, yeah, I, love, I, know. I love how people are getting creative and uh, continuing to kind of morph the process, I guess. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. that's funny. So uh, another coder here in Canada is called Ion Coding. Um, Ion, I yes, I love their, yeah. I love their. Brand, oh yeah, yeah, me too. I, I talk to that guy all the time. Every Friday, we always send uh, each other a picture of us holding a beer, saying like "Happy Friday." Uh, like I just sent him a customer today who's actually closer to him than me. He was gonna, some guy wanted to ship me a set of wheels. I said he's closer. Yeah, just ship him to ship him to him instead. Like save yourself some money. But yeah, so me and him were having a joke a couple weeks ago, saying like he posted a picture on like a crate, and I was like, dude, sick crate. Like not even the wheels. I don't care about the wheels. Not that, I've had mine it's for so long. It's funny because we just look at the background, right? It's yeah, yeah, because like, how did he get that shot, or what did he do, or yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, dude, nice crate, and he's like, oh, thanks, it's brand new, and I'm like, <laughs> we made a joke of like, we need some sort of shirts or an Instagram that says like crate coding or like coding by crates or like we just <laughs> listed off, we listed off like twenty different variations of like coatings and crates. And I, I think like, the king of the crates is um, blast coatings. They're they're my favorite crate. Yeah. Oh, hundred. They do yeah. class. I mean, I'm I'm sure they were the first He's ones. Awesome I. Yeah. 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 <laughs> how, do, how do you pronounce the name, Matthias? Matthias. 
yeah anyway i told him quite a bunch too i sent him customers <laughs> he just recently yeah. did a customer oh, yeah where yeah. where are they they're in canada too right no he's in uh south florida oh south florida okay yeah 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 i think he's and- a one-man run shop too like mo- like i'm in a group chat with like 15 people and uh-huh. they're all from the states shout out to in the cloud that's the gr- that's the group name um we we've been in it for like five years there's been people that have like come and gone out of the group but there's like a main solid like 10 people who are always in there chatting every day we help each other out for you know tricks and tips and problems or whatever and uh yeah yeah well you're pretty busy in that in the facebook group that i'm in which is the powder coating uh is it tips tips and tricks or Uh, tips and tricks powder coating discussion powder coating group yeah there's a, a few i'm in i try not i I try not to get involved so much of like there's a lot of industrial kind of stuff in there where that's not my forte i'm not gonna right put my two cents into somewhere i don't think it should be yeah um i try to help as much as i can but yeah i'm just too busy to get into a giant conversation with someone of you've got it's to true. somewhere you know yeah and we talked about this in the last blog post is there's only so much you can give someone in a comment. Um, and that's why I really wanted to start this uh, podcast yeah, so that yeah. we could go a little deeper with things um, like we are today about social media and stuff. Yeah. But um, I guess I kind of want to say, so you don't have a website. You're just using social media, right? Yeah, like in, like Instagram, that's it. Okay. Like, no website. I, I don't see the point of having a website. Um I like never post on Facebook groups. I never post on like marketplace Kijiji, which would be kind of like a Craigslist. Yeah. Um, I just, it's Instagram, word of mouth. That's it. I've never really thought to, I don't know. I I don't want to judge anybody, but I just feel like a Craigslist and um, that kind of stuff is just, it's not where you find your customer. Yeah, exactly. I was actually yeah, I, before this chat, we were talking in the cloud group that I have that I'm in. We were just talking about how Facebook Marketplace just brings out all the cheap people um, who yeah. are looking for like a set of wheels, like twenty dollars, forty dollars, fifty dollars a wheel. You know, yeah. one stuff in a day. That's it's not where we're after that kind of stuff. It's that kind of work. It's not where I I would like to see our our industry grow. No, um, mm-hmm. I, it's all about growing up, not not down. Yeah. I just, I just <laughs> but, feel like there's a I just feel like it's it's still not progressed to the point where people realize that Patacone is it's like it's like a custom painting kind of thing like you wouldn't go to a car paint shop and be like I want these two color wheels and you know what I mean like we tend to right. put more work we tend to put more work into powder coating hence why you strip off the paint to bare metal you blast it to make right. sure it's clean whereas a like in the paint world, they're just going to sand what's there and put stuff over it. So, and usually it's just the front of the wheel, not the whole thing. I mean, I know there are shops that will do that. Um, but yeah, as for like Patico, I feel like it's just still a very industrial mindset where people just think like, hey, heat something up, slap some powder on it, put it through an oven for 10 minutes. I'm like, there you go, right? So yeah. I think I think the world and like customers need to just understand that is this like very detail-oriented custom one-off you know kind of process that gives you like a really quality long-lasting finish that's why it should be more than like $50 a wheel right it it yeah I mean I think you pretty much put the nail on the head there because um and that's been our struggle 
as a powder coater here in Hawaii, yeah. um, just trying to educate people, um, yeah. customers and stuff. And but at the same time, I think there is, you know, thanks to people like you and um, and and getting it out there. Um, I know our blog gets a lot of exposure and it really helps. I think it really helps yeah. uh, educate the customer at least ahead of time um, so that they're not just coming to you like, what do I need powder coating for? You know, yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Spray paint I mean, it, whatever. That, not my customer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why, I mean, like I've said, I'm a car guy. I want to spend, you know, I don't want to get ripped off by any kind of service out there for doing something to my car. That's why I post so much on my Instagram and like explain the process and explain the difference between a good job and a bad job is like, yeah. Hey, here's the money difference. If you think like, a, if you think powder coating should be like 250, $300 a set versus people who charge like, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars you know, prices can get up there is this is the difference. This is the, the quality difference. This is the prep difference. This is, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I tried to educate as much as possible. Like, Hey, this is the difference between, you know, like money, uh, what your money's going to get. I mean, I've said it a million times on my Instagram is like, it doesn't matter if you're making food, like, you know, if you get food at a restaurant, like, do you, do you want to get a McDonald's burger right now for $10 a combo? Or are you going to wait two months and spend $50 on a Gordon Ramsay burger? Like they're both a burger, but what's the difference, right? Like you're going to pay more for the one versus the other. It's just the, the quality, right? So that's, I just tried to, educate people as much as possible i mean whether they go to me or not i don't care um it's just i want people to be educated of, educated yeah yeah that's i agree all it is like I, I, even yeah. like even if you go somewhere else like make sure you get what you're paying for i just like i'm the biggest advocate of that is like don't get ripped off don't let someone try pull one over you you shouldn't you should know the process start to finish you should know everything someone should be doing that you're paying for not yeah. i want my wheels red they're red cool someone could just go this guy just wants his wheels red not do any prep work not strip them not blast them not fix curb rash just do them red and that's what the customer wants they just want a red wheel and then they right. pay 200 bucks for it and they go well why would someone else be three times the price right right yeah so. i there are some tenants in this industry that um i think people uh powder coaters out there kind of need to um maybe understand or or even just agree on is, and that's some of them right there. It's just, you know, just, it's okay if they walk away. I think, I think I see a lot of desperation on the groups, you know, it's okay that they walk away because either they'll be back or, and they'll learn their lesson yeah, and yeah. you'll get your day, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. of retribution or whatever, or if they don't, then that's not your customer, you know, but yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. But I want to turn back again to the website because I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Yes. Now we have a website. A lot of powder coaters do and a lot yes. of them don't um, and stuff. But you recently had a situation in, in, where, with Instagram where they took down your account. Can you tell us yes. what happened and what steps you took to keep your brand intact? And I don't know, follower base, you know, can you tell yeah, us yeah. more about what happened? So, so. Uh, September of 2019 is when my account got deleted. Um, my Instagram account, which was just Roar.Designs. And I absolutely hate that I have the two in my name now, but I have no idea how else they get it. Into any, you know, I can't get my old name back. 
Did so, they even email you or like let you know ahead of time or anything? Yeah, yeah. So I think a couple months before that, a picture of mine got flagged. And it just said this was reported for something or other, but it never showed me what it was. So okay. I, was, I just had to accept and then it would get taken down. So I was, I mean, at this point I had like 2,500 pictures. Like what, I have no idea what was flagged. And this is over, you know, the span of four years. Right. That I've, you know, I've been posting. So I'm like, I don't know what it is. Maybe just someone was a little mad at posting something or. I don't right. Know. Yeah. So then it happened again, like a week before something was taken down, happened again. Didn't tell me what it was. So I'm looking through and I remember it was a set of breaks and I'm like, whatever. Like maybe I just tagged the wrong, you know, maybe I tagged Mopar and Mopar didn't like that or whatever. And then it happened again. And I was like, oh, man, like, I, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, maybe it's breaks again. So I got, ta- I got flagged and was like, please accept, you know, kind of thing. I accepted it. And I was ready to make a po- my first post of the day. And I had just done, like, several jobs that I was so excited about. They were all, like, three-piece wheels, super nice. The pictures were just, like, the best pictures I've ever taken. I'm like, I cannot wait to post these. And then all of a sudden, my account's just not there. And I'm like, this has to be a joke. <laughs> I, can't so I, had an, that. I had an email that was like, you have, uh, you're like doing something counterfeit or something. And I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? So I like instantly email, like, I've been, I've, I mean, I was very high strung on like, I need my account back. I was emailing Instagram like crazy, but just robots reply. You don't get to speak to someone. Right. I'm trying, yeah. trying to, trying to dispute it. Um, and you were just gonna, you have violated terms and conditions. And I'm like, I know that, let me explain and like kind of thing. So I found out what it was, I'm not gonna get into it, but I found out what it was. And the same day I'm like, I need to keep my business running. So I just started a new account. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, really, what could you so do? Basically, so basically if I didn't start an account, I would have gone from September to now with no account. Like, yeah. Uh, just get an account, keep it going. So luckily, because I, I had like 14,000 followers. So, I mean, that was pretty sweet excited about that so i'm like i yeah. need i need to just contact as many people as i know with also a big following to give people a shout like to give me a shout out to tell people follow my new account yeah so i mean we did we did but i don't know how soon that was after but i think we did it in november or something yeah when yeah. i so, found out so i mean obviously the people i work with closely righteous garage my buddy blaine i've been working with him for oh god i've known him for eight years i think now seven or eight years when I, when I worked as a detailer at a shop, I met him because he worked next door and we met each other like through cars or whatever. Um, and then years later, we end up, uh, he, he specializes in uh, importing, building uh, three-piece wheels. So mm-hmm. I do all the coding stuff for him. Um, we work closely with a guy, Sean King of Bling. Uh, he does all the polishing. So like we're known as the trio that like when people get their wheels done, you got to get hit with the trio. All three of mm-hmm. us will do your powder coating, your rebuilding, relipping sizing importing yeah. polishing I like that so us redo that so we actually uh yeah so I got people like that like those two people as, as among many others who shouted me out yo go follow his new account it got deleted so I'm slowly building it back up I was like getting really bummed because I was like well I guess I'll just post all these pictures of all this stuff anyway you know they get like 50 likes because I have no followers so I'm like super bummed about it but I'm like whatever it, does, it doesn't matter I'm still busy right. my shop's still full of work so I'm just now it's at the point, like, I don't even care if I get my old account back. I still have all the pictures saved somewhere. I mean, I just like, will slowly yeah, post stuff. Just have to, from, yeah, just, you've got past. so much content. You just repost it. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's old, but whatever. So it's not the biggest deal. It's just like I find it as a challenge now to just like prove it wasn't a one-off that like I got 14,000 followers. I'm just now it's my goal to just get back to that. But right, yeah. Uh, another another friend of mine is a, a marketing director. Uh-huh. Arthur, shout out to Arthur. He's a guy who always did all my logos. He's the one who you know designed all my logos for me and stuff like that. Um, so he's a marketing director, and basically, what, like we've had this conversation a million times, and it comes down to. If you have 14,000 followers and 13,000 of them are in a different country, it doesn't matter. Like they're not going right. to give you business. It, so it, it exactly. just, it's, a num- it's a number that doesn't matter. It, it so. really is. Unless they're all engaged and you're getting, yeah. you know, I mean, I think the standard is like at least 10% engagement on all your, you know, so you're probably, you know, on the, you know, in hindsight, maybe it's a better thing that it happened because now you've got more authentic followers that are going to well, be. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. Like. That are really into what you're doing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I, when I post a story, I still get as many people watching the story as I did when I had 14,000 followers. I mean, I don't really, I never really check out all the stats and engagements and stuff like that. I'm just, I just post and I just go, oh, cool. A thousand people watch that. I mean, obviously there's some fall off from, you know, I post, I usually post like 30 stories, 30 story pieces at a time. So, I mean, there's a huge fall off of people who are probably just like, I don't care for him yelling at someone for not fixing curb rash. So they just right. don't watch it. Right. But I mean, I still, you know, there's still a lot of people that watch it, but yeah, it's just a number. It doesn't matter. My shop's full all the time. I'm still getting, you know, I get 10, 20 DMS a day of inquiries. So how many people follow me is completely irrelevant to the business. Really? I guess the only thing that really would have concerned me if it happened here, you know, in our situation with our company is, you know, we get a lot of hits on our website. And yeah. so that's kind of where maybe having a website would have at least helped you in the interim um, and stuff, or maybe just been a safety net for you and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, everybody to each his own, but you know, I'm more of a scatter the seed <laughs> broadly yeah. kind of person yeah, rather than yeah. just dive deep into one thing because if it especially with social media that the the concern is is that they do have the almighty power to pull you uh at any any moment for oh well you know, i mean like instagram could just decide to not exist tomorrow you know exactly I mean? you know go and bankrupt then, or then, whatever and yeah. then and then facebook leaves then what do i got uh word of mouth hopefully right so right Right. And so, yeah, I'm kind of a prescriber of that, but, but it, you know, whatever you're doing, it seems to work very well for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And, and stuff, you know, um, but okay. So let's, let's, um, what else should we talk about? Let's go into, uh, another question. I think we've kind of covered that whole, uh, situation there with Instagram and, Mm -hmm. and it didn't, and just, just, you know, just to kind of, uh, finalize this this didn't just happen to you there was another powder coater that this happened oh, to as well that several. i know there's of so many where there's so, several so many of them now. okay because i only know of one or two maybe others that i knew i yeah. saw you immediately but i and i caught another guy but i didn't know who else that it and what's so funny and we're not going to mention names here because I don't want to get in trouble either <laughs> from the powers that be but um i think it's kind of funny that as much as they try to um, sheriff their brand um, and worry so much about it, uh, stuff in like 
they're still posting stuff in Indonesia, <laughs> you know, like it, yeah, you're not gonna I stop know. Indonesia <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, Southeast Asia from doing it, you know, like, Oh my God, it's, it's I mean, just got, a joke. Have, it's a joke. Yeah. Like I've got low hanging the fruit. They basically yeah. took the low hanging fruit to, to much to your, uh, you know, yeah. dismay, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got tons of friends in the industry and, as soon as it happened, I just told as many people as possible. I posted in the groups and said, if anyone posts pictures of blank, delete them all now. Yeah. Like, I saw that. Not, yeah. It's just not worth it. And I've mm-hmm. never posted a picture of a break ever since. Unless mm-hmm. well, I just did yesterday, but they were stuck. They were just completely stuck. Acura breaks, no branding on them whatsoever. Um, so I just do not post breaks anymore. It's not worth it. And I get people all the time being like, Hey, do you guys refinish brake calipers? And I'm like, Yes, I do. I just don't post about it. So that's just one right. thing I'm really scared right. of doing again is just yeah. what I post. Um, same with like, like I said, I think there's been like 10 people I know of now who have had their accounts flagged for that. Yeah. There's just, there's just no getting your account back. It's just not worth the hassle. Instagram was just very unhelpful. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's yeah, my I, advice. I, I, just to, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting too, in terms of those types of posts about brake calipers and stuff is that I've actually seen more creativity, uh, with the words and, and on there, you know, like, yeah, they'll just use a different, uh, uh, graphic instead. That's maybe more personal or, or more to the car brand, uh, you know, which, you know, I mean, it's, it is super frustrating to still see big pages posting them yeah, and nothing's happening. It's like, why me? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. whatever is what it is. I just hope it doesn't happen to anybody else. Cause it, it is really frustrating. It's not good. It, yeah. it can, it can be super damaging to a business. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You just had the momentum there where you could just pick it up, but you know, not everybody may have that, you know, if they're, it's just be cautious, everybody. That's all. Mm-hmm. There are there are pitfalls and yeah, and, yeah. and stuff to it all. But let's get on to something else. So, yep. how do you keep your A game going, Ronan? Do you subscribe to a specific process, a mantra, or a philosophy? What is it? Uh, quality, hundred percent, no matter what. If it if something has to get redone out of my own expense. If it means I have to work like a bit later, push other jobs behind to get one job done hundred percent, I just won't let quality slip. It's just, that's what people are paying for. They're paying for the whole experience of, you know, I, like I said, I put the little RD on the stickers. Like that's like my stamp of approval. Like this is good mm-hmm. enough. Like, well, not good enough, but you know what I mean? Like this is as good as it's, it's going to get. Approved, right? It's Ronan approved, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's Ronan approved. Um, you know, everyone usually gets stickers. If you spend over a certain amount, I'm going to give you a free t-shirt. You get all these, like I said, I, I, even though I might post five to 10 quality pictures, people are getting like 30 pictures sent to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm kind of going for like a whole experience package. It's like a it's package. Like a, it's a, exactly. Right. So when people say like, Oh, why are you $50, $50 more than the other person? I'm like, because of this <laughs> like right this, yeah. is, this is the extra you're gonna get like everyone i don't care if someone's gonna spend fifty dollars or five thousand dollars you're gonna get the exact same treatment everyone is just i'm a car guy too like i get it like i love modifying cars and because i got into the kind of this business and because i now have like a house wife kid i don't get to work on cars as much as i want to but because i get to at work i mm-hmm. still get i i basically modify cars all day every day 
right? And no, like no job is the same twice. Well, like I think, usually, aren't you saying like maybe you, you treat your customer like how you would want to be treated? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if, I I, went into a, if I went into a shop and someone's like a bit rude and short with me, like, no thanks. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm trying to be your friend, but like, maybe I could be your friend. Maybe if you're super <laughs> nice, I'll just, I'll, you know, maybe I'll only bring my work to you and always recommend you kind of thing. Right. So it's just like, I'm just trying to be people's friend. Like that's all it comes down to. I'm just trying to give everyone like a good experience. Like you're spending a lot, you know, like I said, if you're spending 50 to five grand, it's still your hard earned money. Like five right. grand to someone might be someone else's $50. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's just, yeah, like I'm interested in what the car is, what color the car is, what, mod, what you know, mods you've done to the car or whatever it may be. But I get to be a part of that. Like I basically get to make someone's car and dream car come to reality because I get to do the bronze wheels that they wanted. I get to, you know, do the wheels candy red that they always envisioned and it makes everyone super happy. So it's like, if you want that from your wheels, I want the whole experience to be pleasurable. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Now, um, I think I told you this, and this is what led to the podcast, but I told you that uh, you were a little surprised to learn that your name came up as the most admired brand that others yeah, follow. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's crazy. Because I didn't quite understand the question. I think I just put some random supplier, like High Tent Mask and Co., who just like supply like was that you (laughs) yeah yeah i was like i didn't quite understand the question no 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 you answered it right i didn't specify it it could have been prismatic it could have been columbia it could have been anybody it was just whatever's on instagram or facebook or wherever you go what brand do you admire you know they're doing something right right so uh, i think that was a way of uh maybe the industry letting you know um that what you're doing is is important and it's transcending trendsetting yeah. you know yeah i mean it's crazy i mean i probably get more instagram dms from other coders than actual customers like i probably spend <laughs> more of my time talking to like other people in the in the industry about like i oh god i mean i don't want to sound like arrogant or anything like that but i mean like i get tons of like people asking for advice all the time and questions like, yeah yeah just yeah. like questions of like how did you do this how do you do that what do you recommend for this and that and as if like, the I, facebook group isn't enough but yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're I, asking I try, you directly yeah i mean i try help as much as possible and i love to help it's just like in my nature just to be helpful yeah. uh, yes i mean sometimes it just gets overwhelming of like man just figure it out on your own like it's just a simple plugging a hole. Like we don't need to have a 20 minute conversation about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like simple like that. But I mean, yeah, that, that's just how everyone's become so connected is just like talking so much and like the Instagram group that I'm in. Um, like I, like I said, I've been talking to these guys for like five years now. Um, like the one guy, Velocity Powder Coat in California. Oh yeah. They like, like, one, like, yeah. like one of my best friends in the industry. I talk to him every single day. Like, even if it's about family, we'll just send each other, like, funny memes all the time. Like, I, he, I think it's, like, when I first opened, I got, like, this machine to, like, so I can, like, brush wheels. And he sent me, this is, like, a huge call out to him right now, is he asked me for pictures of the machine, sent him tons of pictures, and he still has never built one. That was, like, almost five years ago. <laughs> so, and he, he's asked me, he's asked me over five years, probably ten times, hey, can you resend me those pictures again? I got to build one. 
I'm like, no, scroll back five <laughs> years ago in our conversation. I'm like, I'll go find them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, w- I would love work, to go. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've said so many times, like, I would just love to go to California and just go like work in the shop with them and just like go hang out. Hey, like, that's yeah. an idea. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, I, 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 I think that's what I love about powder coating is that it's um, kind of, I don't want to say it's small because it seems like there's more and more people getting into it every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's growing in that sense. But, um, you know, it just seems the more I know about it, the smaller it the world seems to me, you know, like it's, when I first was working in it when we, you know, Ross doesn't care either way, you know, he's just, I'm too busy working, whatever, you know, but I, I wanted to reach out to people and, and I started to, and, and I realized it's a really small, close knit group, although it does have some gaps in it. And that's kind of where we're at with, with what we're doing here on the podcast is, is it seems like these industrial coders, they kind of have their own subgroup or seg- it's really yeah, segmented, yeah. even though it's powder coating. And, you know, at Maui Powder Works, we do both rims and industrial yeah, work. Yeah. So we cross over maybe more so than other guys do. But, um, you know, uh, it's it, it's really like there's a whole nother level to it or like yeah. the industrial coder guys and I they're all tight with each other because I don't know they just seem to be a little bit more networked I'll I'll be yeah, it's, just, small, but it's just like it's just like similar interests right like people yeah. who like metal music are all gonna hang out together and those who like rap music are all gonna hang out together although it's music you're in your own subculture you know what I mean right it like, is a subculture yeah I guess yeah, that I mean, Instagram like you, group yeah yeah like if you look at any any powder coders like Instagram, they post something. Almost every like and comment is from another powder coder. Yeah, like I know. Like ev- everybody, <laughs> just like you know, will comment the fire emoji, dude. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, or yo, which I love. That. It's because you're supporting your your industry, and yeah, I love right? that. You know, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. everyone, everyone's that way, and it's awesome. I mean, like the yeah. biggest the biggest thing is like people always asking for each other's colors. I mean, yeah, that that's something I'm kind of touchy on depending who it is. I'll tell them, but I mean, I've got, like, there's a bunch of colors. Like I tried to perfect, um, like the biggest one is like the, like matte bronze seems to be the biggest kind of, I don't even know what the word is. <laughs> like, it's like the abominable snowman. Like everyone right. just wants to see <laughs> yeah. the perfect one or, you know, I, I, it's probably not the right phrasing, but like the matte bronze is just like the biggest thing i think in the in the yeah. outer world because of like all the fin all the like anodized finishing that all these like reputable wheel companies come out with is people want to replicate that as close as possible and like i've spent like like i said eight years trying to like perfect this as close to anodizing like the look and the texture and the, you know and the color and the shade it's just like th- that's the kind of thing that people don't really like to share it's because like someone's put so much time effort and money into it and like yeah. I've had people send me wheels from all over the states just because they want that color. Like no one else in I'm not gonna say no one because I've now given out this color and people have found their own colors and got close. But I mean there was a while right. where people would send me wheels from the states because I was the closest person to replicate this bronze and they would just spend the money to get it, right? I mean now like it's a velocity powder color, like he was the first person I shared my color and like the technique behind getting the color. Mm-hmm. Um, I've shared it. I've shared it with a few others now, but like, it's kind of like that trust thing, right? It's like, 
I'm not going to give you the color without getting someone in return. So next time someone posts a color, yo, what color is that? You have to tell me now because I told you mine. And like, that's my moneymaker. Right. So like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so that's how, that's how people get like really close and like recommend each other's work back and forth. I, you know, people from the States all the time message me and, Hey, you know, how, how much to do this? And I'm like, where are you? Lo-? Like the first question is, where are you located? And I'll recommend you to the closest shop of someone I would trust to do a good enough job yeah. to like, you know what I mean? Yes. So if, yes. if you're in like, if you're in the California area, it's like, go to Velocity Coatings. If you're in yeah. Florida, go to Blast Coatings. It's like, and then anywhere in between, you know, Texas, it's like, go to Rob R&P MC. What up, Rob, if you listen to this? um like coats coating i know and the rnp guys okay so do they not (laughs) have an instagram because i yeah okay i'm thinking of somebody else because somebody was saying rnp i think the r R m p or r and p and i couldn't find them mc okay okay well that's a different okay because yeah rob's so funny rob is hilarious oh okay good i'll have to look them up um yeah so here's here's a question for you. If you had an extra ten thousand dollars in your bank account for your for your business, yes, how would you spend it on your business or in your business? I would just buy more supplies so that I don't have to go out and buy them. Yeah, just bulk just, up on supplies. Just, I usually do it once a year where I just go yeah, crazy and I'll I do buy too. I'll just buy twenty rolls of I mean. I did it yeah. last year. I was like, I'm going to prepare for the spring. Isn't it nicer? Like, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to buy 20 rolls of tape. I'm going to buy all these new silicone plugs. I'm going to buy, you know, tin foil for my racks. I'm going to buy hooks. I'm going to buy bolts, uh, like all that, like, yeah. you know, blasting media, extra blasting hose, blasting nozzle, like you name it. I just Backup went ahead and bought stuff. everything. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if something goes down and you got to stop where you're doing and go out to the store and try to get it, or you got to order something, it's going to be a few days or a week or whatever. It's just going to slow you down. It's just a mess. So I did that. And of course, within a few months, it all runs out anyway. And I'm like, wow, I got to really triple like, up. Hey, next time who didn't get. order this again? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I didn't realize how quick I would go through tape. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to pull the trigger and just order three times as much as I usually get. And then it just runs out as fast. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. So if I had an extra 10 grand, oh, I just go buy a whole, I just buy a crate of tape, crate of media blasting sand, like, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think that's actually for, um, a small coder business. I think you're onto something here because the point I want to make is that when you can, can afford to buy in bulk, um, it, yes, it, it gives you a better price when you're stuck, you know, stacking up things, but, but at the same time, uh, we use it as a gauge to tell us how busy we are. You know, it's yeah. almost like a leading indicator in a sense, because yeah. like we do that with our blasting, um, you know, it's so expensive to ship things here. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we order our um, garnet for our sandblasting, um, yeah, yeah. we order it in bulk because it saves on shipping because it's so expensive, but also yeah, we get yeah. a better price per bag. Anyways, long story short is the faster we run out of that, the faster we know, oh my gosh, wow, we're yeah, really yeah. busy, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's a nice way to gauge. Um, I don't think people realize that aside from saving may- maybe money with bulk buying, but um, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that's a great answer. For I mean, that one. I mean, it's very hard because 
being a one-man show, like I don't really keep track of that. I don't think, oh, I've gone through ten rolls of tape this week instead of two this year, last you know, this time last year. I don't like I never really keep track of that because my weeks happen so differently. Like mm-hmm. the busier I the busier I get, I'll spread out my workload through mm-hmm. different weeks. I mean, I'll spend I I don't coat the same day I uh like I'm blasting stuff. I won't chemical strip the same day I'm coat you know what I mean? I like I switch my weeks up so much of I'll spend as much time as possible in a week chemical stripping and uh, oh, I see what pairing. you're saying. Yeah, okay. Then, you're grouping, the, you're segmenting your market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, so I'll just, work. I'll just, yeah, I'll just group as much stuff, uh, the same process on as many things as possible until I get to the point of like, okay, now I have 20 sets of wheels ready to coat. I'll just coat as many wheels as possible. So once I'm coating all day, I don't touch any other thing. I won't even go curb brush or pair a wheel in the back. Like right. I won't even mask up something else i don't distract myself from the work i just strictly focus on this task on this project i won't go i'm not going to try spread myself thin and just put my focus elsewhere when i don't need to so yeah like i said it's just i chemical strip and repair as much as possible one week the following week i'll just media blast as much as possible the next few days i'll clean the shop i'll mask up and then it's just strictly coating so then yeah, like I get people being like, "Oh, how many sets of wheels do you coat a week?" And I'm like, "It doesn't work like that." Like, I'm yeah. not a product. I'm not a production shop. I'm not just hanging up little hooks and just coating them all day. And you know, I don't have someone else blasting the stuff while I'm doing this. It's like that's that's usually my process. I mean, like, like we all know, you could turn around a set of wheels in like less than 24 hours if that was the only thing in your shop. I mean, if you're set up for it, you can totally do it. But as a one man, as a one man run shop, I I just cannot do that. I'm not well, I think it's that. actually a brilliant like way that. to do it. I think it's great that you do it that way. Yeah. I mean, not everybody works the same way, but yeah, I think no. that's a really insightful um, way to do about to go like about that, the process. Like, yeah, like that's what keep. That's why I try keep my like quality control and my workload like to a hundred percent because I'm the one doing everything yeah. and I focus. Well, your just focus is there. On, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the, like I go into tomorrow and go. I'm going to just tape all day. So I know I'm going to be sitting on my ass. I know I'm going to probably cut myself with a razor blade. <laughs> I know I, I know I can just like, there's going to be no extra background noise of a compressor running, of like a sound blaster going, the oven going. I can just put on some music, have a chill day, take a break yeah. whenever I want. And it's like not strenuous, right? Knowing the next step is going to be like, oh, I'm going to be coding all day. It's going to be super hot. I'm going to be sweaty. I'm going to have powder stuck in my eyelashes. Yeah. So I, I yeah. know going, I know going into the following week, what I got to do. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to work that way as well, because a lot of customers are like, Oh man, your turnaround time's three weeks. Someone else is in yeah. three days. And I'm like, well, I don't work like that. So this is why it takes three weeks because I'm not even going to touch your stuff. I like, I work on it over the span of three weeks. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, yeah, especially yeah. when the quality is there for sure. I mean, and you know, it is, I mean, everybody yeah. should know that by now, if they don't, they're, yeah, that's, that's, just the, that's just the educational part. Right. I mean, there's yeah. uh, within, within a hundred mile radius, there's like 50 shops. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not all of them like offer, uh, I'm not gonna say the quality of work, not uh, people offer like the custom side of it. I mean, there's industrial shops that are just like, Oh, I'll just go ahead and just do a set of wheels and they just like, don't do it correctly you know for next to no money um but it's like that's why i just try to educate people so much it's like this is my process and this is what you're paying for here and this is why it takes longer so yeah like i said before is like go ahead go to mcdonald's and just get a quick burger that's like not that good or 
you go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, you're going to wait two months to get to get there, but it's going to be amazing, right? Like that's, right. I always try, it's funny, I always try to compare the coding industry with the food industry. And once you do, it just kind of dumbs it down enough to understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for well, just for the general just for the general public. So we just want to preface the background noise that you're not in a gunfight right now. <laughs> no, it's it's actually Canada Day. It's Canada's birthday today. People are lighting up fireworks. We're just sitting outside watching it. Yeah, it sounds yeah. wonderful. I mean, yeah. if you know what it is, and it's not what you think it yeah. is. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, just to wrap up um, with the last question, is there anything you would like to change in this industry or do you see any trends changing in the industry? I mean, what I would like to change is just like, is more education from people or to more educate people who are starting off to just like do it the correct way. I mean, there, yeah, just, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean... I know everything and do it my way. But I mean, there is a certain way that a lot of people are doing it and we all kind of frown upon the people doing it, not the correct way. Cause that's what gives our industry the bad name. Yes. Is, I mean, there's a time and a place, like the biggest thing is hot flocking, which if people don't know that listening, that is like pull something out of the oven at like 450 degrees, just shoot a ton of powder on it, put it back in the oven. Like, yeah, it can be done it's been done, but I'm sure everybody has done it. There's a time and a place, but I mean, there's just certain things that people do that are, does get frowned upon because we're just trying to hone in on making this the best thing possible. Um, like, you know, exactly. Especially for wheels and like high end wheels is there's a yeah. lot of detail in wheels. There's a lot of, you know, there's engravings, there's raised lettering and stuff like that. If you do it incorrectly, you're going to lose all that. Um, especially if someone goes you know what a buddy of mine got some stuff powder coated it just started chipping off right away it was on super thick i'm never gonna get anything powder coated i'm just gonna paint it it's like you just went to you know and the wrong person just the wrong person you know i mean like like i said i don't want to come off as like i'm do it my way it's just like i know there are a million people out there in our like industry who do it a certain way that gets the quality of finish and like no loss of details and a long lasting finish. And it makes powder, like, this is what powder is. It's like, it is a science to be done like this. Um, I mean, there's many variables that can change it. So it's like, it has to be within this. Um, everybody's prep is completely different. I feel like I go way overboard, but that's because of my auto body uh, background of like sending things because you see everything through the paint. If there's like mm-hmm. one pinhole somewhere, you're going to see it. Um, like, so that's where my over prep comes in is just through that background as well as polishing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I would change is just people. Another thing it's, that's probably changes is, is like people working together is like, don't be afraid to uh, recommend another shop to do yeah, something. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, it is always scary being like, well, if I recommend them for something, then they'll just continue to go there and not me. Well, uh, I'm not going to recommend a guy. I don't know. I, I, you know, we're on a small, small island. There aren't very yeah, many yeah. of us here, but um, I'm not going to send them to the guy that just got in with his credit card. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, spent yeah. $75,000 to, or I don't even know. I mean, I'm guessing that the, the system yeah. he bought was, was yeah. that, I mean, and God knows how much it costs to put it all together and yeah. 
you know, the like powder there, X a, guy, yeah. whatever, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, now you're going to learn, you know, like that's not how we bootstrap. So I'm not going to just out and out recommend you just because you yeah. have 150 K to drop into a new business, you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that yeah. way, but it's I funny. Mean, you mentioned the, it's funny. You mentioned the, um, the hot flocking or the hot coding, because, uh, that's actually, uh, one of the topics my husband wants to cover and he's going to, oh, yeah. we're going to cover it in the next, uh, podcast. So I hope everybody yeah, yeah. sticks around for that because, yeah. uh, it's definitely got, uh, there is a system to it, or he's just going to kind of talk about his way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if people do out there, I'm not hating on you. I used to do it too. Like uh, that's all I used to do. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that's not the right way to do it. I put out a million show finishes on stuff hot flocking only i just you know through all these groups and through talking to people i just you know you learn and you evolve and you just do things differently and you find out what works for you so this this is where i am i don't do that anymore yeah that's, that's well, all i'm saying on that topic yeah as for, no, like, no, I, I think there's <laughs> definitely some some subtleties to it um yeah. and i hope he gets to talk about it uh soon we were actually going to talk about it on our episode one, but then we thought, yeah. well, we'll just inter- introduce ourselves first instead of overwhelming people with that yeah. topic. But it's definitely a topic I think uh, could garner some, some shed some light on, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if it came to, if, if he thought of it, then, and you thought of it, then it must be something yeah, that people yeah. need to talk about, you know, yeah. because I think that that's where you see what happens. It's like they cake it on too much and it gets really thick. And when you're looking on Instagram and you're seeing some candy work, color, right? Yeah. Especially candy yeah. color. Like don't go ahead and try hot flock, like Chrome or uh, like candy copper or candy gold. Like it's not going to yeah. be correct. Right. So, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like just a, just a, no, I, I think you're right bit. there. Definitely. But, but yeah, as to going to like the recommending of the shop thing is like, yeah. there's so it, it all it's all based on people's area i mean there's like i said there's so many shops in like my area like even like there's within the last four years there's like 20 more that have come up and they're all everyone's trying to get into like the custom car and the car show world so like that's the world like i'm trying to get all the business i can is like yeah. the specific like people want top quality show like it doesn't matter if it's your daily driver your winter car like i'll offer like show quality only like that's what i just want to like mm-hmm. get so it's like i'm not going to recommend a shop who you know if it's something i don't want to do or something just like kind of out of my league i'm not going to be like oh we'll go to them because then they'll just always go to them for everything so i leave kind of stuff up to the customer you know if someone says i get messages all the time that's like hey i want to go uh you know get a patio furniture done I'm like, uh, well, I'll go to this person, right? Like an right. industrial coder who yeah. I know is going to be stepping people, on my toes. We have that here too. Um, we've got a powder coder who does mostly resort stuff. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. We don't want that kind of work because yeah. that's not who we are. We we want to do more quality kind of stuff than the turn yeah. and burn, low low margin stuff that he does. So, yeah. like, you know. Like when I first. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, sorry. So yeah, like when I first opened, I would literally take anything and everything. Like you yeah, got patio furniture, bring it in, no problem. I like yeah. I was just like, you just gotta get your name out there and just like I've reined it back. And I probably turn away more jobs than I take in because there's like so many things like I want my patio furniture doing, like a car frame. I'm not set up for doing that. Um, I need, you know, even stuff that's like one of my dad's friends owns a balcony company 
um, that does like glass balconies and stuff for like high rise condo buildings. And he's like, Hey, we're building this new condo building. I could send you like 3 million pieces. Yeah. Condo building. And I'm like, man, that's too much for me. Like I would literally have to just dedicate my entire life to doing your job, you know, until this building's done. Like that's not up my out. Like it's just, Cool. Well, you know who like, you like, are. Money would be insane. Yeah, your money would, sounds but insane, but like, that's no, not everything, that's, though. You know what I mean? It's it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's about I, who knowing who your customer is and what you're yeah. what you're good at and what you want to focus on. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I've just, I mean, I'm just I'm gonna continue to evolve and take on what I want, and you know, I'm honing into like that custom car world. I'm just trying to be as affordable as possible because. I'm just going to say it again. I'm a car guy. So I know what I would want to spend on something and I want the best quality I can for that price. I'm not going to go ahead and just spend like, it's like an oil change, right? Like you, you can go get a $10 oil change. You can go get a $5,000 oil change. It depends yeah. who's, you know what I mean? Like be, be within your budget. And I just try to be within almost everybody's budget for what they yeah. want, especially if you're trying to do like a high end kind of car. So I yeah, think I it's a, I think it's like, you know, because this uh, podcast kind of appeals to everyone in of all different skill levels, uh, you know, I think what we're saying is, is when you're new and you're starting out, you should take every job you can possibly get because you need the experience and you also need to define, it helps you define who you are and who you yeah, want yeah. to be. Um, yeah. The customer part will come later, uh, yeah, yeah. but you know, there was a point there where you said, okay, I don't want to do any more lanai furniture or outdoor furniture. Yeah. I'm done with this, you know, and I'm just going to do this now. And But you had to get to that point in order to understand the other guy could be going, hey, I hate doing rims. They're too detailed for me. My customers want, they're expecting too much. I'd rather focus on a lanai furniture where if I have one little tiny, you know, boo-boo yeah, in there yeah. or, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. or whatever they're not going to freak out kind of thing so you know everybody has to find there's so much work out there I, I mean literally oh, no, that's why yeah there's, you know, there's just it's just starting like, yeah that like there's like even when like like I said there's like 20 shops that have popped up in the last four years and I'm like you know what I've like never had a slow day work still comes in and if they went somewhere else like then that's not the customer for me Right. <laughs> like that's right. just how I look at it is like I've got all the customers that I want and need and if they're coming to me that's my customer that's the person I want to do the work for if they go somewhere else that's not the person for me like it's just like that's how I just see it is like I mean my whole family's all into like you know the spiritual kind of thing and like you know like all the karma stuff and blah blah, blah. anyway but uh yeah, it's like, that's just the universe saying like, this is your customer. That guy wasn't your customer. If they want right. to go there, for, you know, to save $10, that's not your customer. Yeah, so. uh, I think um, I think it should just progress that way naturally. You shouldn't push it one way or the other. Like, I'm going to be the next Roro Designs in my neighborhood, you know? Like, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it may not work that way, you know? Um, I think uh, people should just um, try to calm down and and know that, um, there's plenty of work to be had and as yeah. more and more consumer based market gets into restoring, you know, keeping their cars, especially if we have a slow economic, 
situation going on with our countries that they're going to hang on to that car and they're going to want to redo those rims or they want to want to change it up and, and stuff. And, but yet there's, there's just so much, the more we can inform the consumer market about powder coating and powder coaters. Yeah. Uh, the more business we will have for ourselves. Yeah, us. 100%. Well, I mean, because, like, I mean, you know, going way are, back. Yeah. Yeah. Go, well, they're just more concerned about maintaining what they have and not throwing it away into the yeah, yeah. Uh, dump when it's over kind of thing. Yeah. You know? But I mean, like, going back and kind of touching on your point is like, I'm trying to like market myself. I'm not trying to market my business and my product or like my quality of work. I mean, like, to a certain extent, but like, I'm trying to market more to me. Like I'm trying to, right. like, like I said before, is like the tattoo artist thing or, you know, the, someone who works, who specifies, specifies in, uh, or specializes in doing like hair or piercings or tattoos or like a chef, like no matter where you go, like you're going to follow that person. And yeah. that's what I'm like trying to, trying to make myself out to be is like, it doesn't matter if Chip Foose goes to 20 different shops and starts working there. You want Chip Foose to build your car. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to get to that point or I want it like, that's how I see what I'm trying to do is like, it's me doing it, not the work. You know what I mean? That's why I yes. try. That's why I'm like making all my interactions very personal with the customer. It's not like, thanks for your money. Here's your wheel. It's a, right. it goes a lot deeper than that. A long-term um, relationship with people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Exactly. I'm always into that. And I think that that's a great way to end today's podcast um because i think your authenticity is um you and you're not trying to be anybody that you're not and yet you're still peeling away a layer uh behind the curtain so to speak or behind the onion as to who you are and you're doing it subtly but and not overtly enough to where it's just you know like check me out kind of thing you know yeah yeah and yeah. I love that. I, I, I think that you found your groove or your niche or whatever. Um, and you're certainly energetic enough to maintain that and keep your customers happy. So I'm so, so thankful that you were able to join me today. Um, no problem. for your long, long weekend. Um, how's that for 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's okay. I'll break the rules for you. I just don't want to bore people, but I don't think anybody's going to find today's podcast boring. Don't ever call my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, um, we can follow you on Instagram at roro.designs2. That's the new one. And You'll um, you'll see me there yelling about people and doing the wrong kind of work (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see beautiful work coming out and go and follow him um thank uh, you so much yeah and thanks again to all our supportive followers and fellow powder powder coders out there i hope you've learned something about our powder coating about your powder coating business uh (laughs) through uh roro and um and through me kim scott your host Uh, Please comment below, follow, like us, share the podcast. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss, just email us at info at MauiPowderWorks.com. Aloha.